With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lake Scenario Leader and Kentucky.com. And on today's podcast, we're going to catch up on what's going on with Kentucky football with Josh Moore, UK football beat writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Uh, we talk with Josh about uh, the coaching situation. UK lost an assistant coach, had a little problem with another assistant coach. Uh, we talked about that. We uh, dived into uh, what uh, happened with the NFL draft. Kentucky, really good showing in the NFL draft last month. And we also looked at the schedule uh, coming up uh, about how the schedule breaks down. Uh, we talked about all those topics with Josh. And so let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it. Here's my conversation with Josh Moore of the Lexington Era Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, I want to bring into the podcast uh, my friend, colleague, UK football beat writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com, Josh Moore. How's your spring slash summer going so far, Josh? Yeah, John, it's uh, good stuff. My girlfriend recently moved in. We're over a bit busy. We crossed the month mark now, so Uh-oh. that's good. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you know. going smoothly there? Yeah, yeah, learning okay, how good. to cohabitate and all that good stuff <laughs> that's good well that's good that's good uh so uh we just want to try and catch up here we haven't done a podcast kentucky football podcast in a while so thought we'd catch up on uh what's been going on of course it is the off season so not a tremendous amount going on but enough enough uh, there's a few topics that we can talk about probably the number one topic uh for uk here recently in the past week or so I guess a couple of weeks is um, some staff uh, movement. Steve uh, uh, Klinkscale, UK assistant coach, uh, secondary coach, and also a very good recruiter, left for Michigan. Uh, obviously, that's not good news for the program. What kind of effect do you think that'll have on losing Coach Klink? Yeah, it's a. I mean, just right at the uh, you know from the jump, it's a, a significant blow to their recruiting. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's, I mean, he's, he's been in on, you know, some of their best talent that they've brought in, uh, particularly from the Detroit area. Uh, you know, DeAndre Square, Mark McCall, Justin Rogers, uh, you know, several guys that, that they've brought in that just, you know, you know, and, and I have numerous players who, who've started too and who are, you know, going to be starting this year and, and playing big roles for this program. Um, you know, as it's as it's kind of risen up the ranks, he's had a lot to, to do with that, and you know, he's not the only person. And, and obviously, you know, you you give a lot of credit. You know, the, a lot of the credit for recruiting goes kind of across the whole staff. I mean, because everybody's right. kind of involved. You have guys who are lead recruiters and the main points of contact. And yeah, you know, it's the thing when you have you know so much of recruiting is 
relationships, and that's not just the relationships with the players, like the you know one-on-one relationships with the recruits and and their their coaches that they kind of strike up relationships with. It's also the the you know who do you know around the areas you're recruiting, and and, and the trainers and the, and and the high school coaches and any of these people that that are you know influencers in those areas that's a big deal i mean it's it's you know and, and so like, i mean if you're you know if you're vince merrill you're kind of you know he he kind of controls the kentucky you know the state recruiting for the most part i mean you have to know you have to have good relationships with all the coaches in lexington you know just to not because you're the uk uk assistant but you because you know you never know when somebody's going to have a, a player that you you like and want to right. you know be a you know, cause that, that helped, that can only help. And right. so, um, clink had a, you know, a lot of relationships in the Detroit area, upper Ohio and, and it was, was kind of branching into Tennessee and doing some stuff there. And, and that's, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, that's, you know, I think he's a great, you know, he's a good on field coach. Clearly the guys, you know, cause you, it's one thing to get them is another thing to develop them. And, and, and they've clearly made <laughs> tremendous strides. Uh, in the secondary, since he's he was you know because he came he kind of was part of that same staff when they brought in Henshaw and and, and right. those guys from Cincinnati he came from Cincinnati too, and so you 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 can see the gains that have been made in the defensive secondary since then, um, but really the, the the recruiting thing I think is the you know it's not the bigger deal because you you want both uh, in your hire, but that's going to be you know I think between Frank Buffano who's still on the staff and. Uh, coaches' safeties. I mean, maybe he takes on a bigger role um, to a degree with the secondary you know, on-field coaching. Um, and, and Mark Stoops obviously has a background. Right. <laughs> That's where he kind of but bred um, for a long time. So I think between those two, you, you can look at a hire and you know somebody that's going to develop them. But you, but you really want a, a really strong recruiter, um, just so you don't you know, just so you don't lose any steam. Um, in in places where you've you've made up, uh, you know, uh, made you know, a ton of ground really, right. and been able, you know, because they've you know, obviously Ohio and Kentucky are the you know the home areas, but that meant Michigan you know funnel was really <laughs> becoming really significant for Kentucky, and, and if they can you know get into Tennessee and stay in the Tennessee, that becomes an even you know a really big deal too, especially with with the Volunteers kind of you know on the on the brink a little bit you know, as a program, you know, and to some, you know, you, at least you could argue that, you know, it's a good time to get them. <laughs> right. it, you yeah, know, there's so much turmoil and transition at Tennessee, right. That's left them vulnerable in their home state. Uh, so what do you think of what does Mark Stoops do? If you're Mark Stoops, uh, do you look for somebody who can continue that link in Michigan or do you just say, I'm, I'm, I want the best coach I can get. And it really doesn't, you know, will it doesn't matter. Uh, that geographic region sure it'd be nice to keep a connection there, but that shouldn't, um, you know, uh, that shouldn't keep me from hiring another really good coach, even if that coach doesn't have those contacts there. Yeah, I do think I, I do think ultimately it will be who's the best coach, who's the best, um, yeah. you know, because you whoever it is, it, it could be a you know they could have demonstrated a lot of success recruiting another area that. Right. That's a, to Kentucky, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be Michigan. I know, you know, ideally you still want to, you still want guys who are really strong recruiters in the, you know, the six hour, seven hour radius, just, for, you know, from that drivable distance. Um, right. You know, I think what, what, what makes sense about Michigan though is, you know, it's, 
you know, it's, it's, yeah, you're fighting with Michigan and, and going forward, you're going to be fighting with, you know, the guy that used to bring him here. Right. <laughs> Correct. And that's something you, maybe that's something you think about too, is, you know, you don't just see concede all those battles, but you know, that's going to be harder than it was. <laughs> right. Uh, right. And, right. and, and that area, you know, is, is going to be tougher whether you bring in someone who's really good there already or not. But, you know, I, I do think, you know, you, you, whether it's, you know, that a recruiter who's strong in that area or, or, or elsewhere, I just think that's going to be a really big, you know, whoever gets hired, that's going to be something that I think they're going to have demonstrated uh, some success in that area. And, 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 you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's something, I don't think it'll drag on too long. I think, you know, maybe even by the end of this week, if, if not going into the next week, probably, I think they would probably want to get that kind of established just to, you know, just to, you know, because right now it's kind of a weird time because everybody's sort of, this is supposed to be like an off period for everybody. Right. Um, players in particular, they're not on campus now. They don't come back till I think it's June 6th, June 7th, something like that. So, um, you know, it's a break for them in theory, a break for the coaches, but it's clearly, you know, clearly Mark Stoops and, and, and them are going to have to work a little bit here to get somebody else on board before the uh, off season workouts and stuff kind of get going. Right. I mean, obviously, it's a negative losing uh, losing Coach Clink. On the positive side, I think to this point, uh, you'd have to say that Mark has done a pretty good job of her, when he's lost staff members of replacing guys. I mean, I look at uh, John Summerall, the job that he has done since he's come in, especially on the recruiting side, the players he's been able to get making some inroads in the South. Um, so, you know, and as you mentioned, which is, I think, a good point, I mean, Mark's uh, background is in the secondary. Uh, that's how he can't, you know, kind of cut his teeth as a coach coming up. So, uh, and he has a lot of connections in that area. So, I'm I fully expect Mark to bring in a, a good co- uh, bring in a good coach. It'll just be interesting to see, you know, where that the background of that coach and uh, especially from from the recruiting standpoint. Uh, another on the coaching is Coach Bo, who got into a little bit of trouble with a DUI here recently. We haven't heard any more about that, UK's wide receivers coach. Uh, it sounds like that they're going to handle that internally, uh, that he will still be with the program, but we don't. We really don't know a whole lot since since it happened, correct? Yeah, I mean, to, obviously very serious <clears throat> issue. I believe right. he's... Was was scheduled to appear in court at some point. Um, may have been late last week, actually. But uh, um, yeah, just you know, obviously very serious situation. Um, you know, just I mean, you know, it's just a, it's a very avoidable situation right. too. I mean, and that's the thing. You when you're, you know, as far as I know, I think the plan is to you know keep him. And um, I haven't heard otherwise. I feel like if that was going to happen, and we kind of would probably know what this happened. Yeah. Um, and you just, you know, well, obviously hoping it doesn't have again, doesn't happen again, but you also hope, you know, that he learns from that and, and kind of can, can move forward and, and kind of be able to, to get past that and, and be able to, right. you know, demonstrate a better example for the players. I think it's, it's such a big, obviously it's a, a dumb thing for anybody to get DUI and, and, and get, you know, arrested, you know, for something again, very avoidable, but it's, you know, especially in the 20, 2021. Um, right. But you, you just really, I think given the, yeah, I don't know where I come down. I'm not like making any moral judgments or anything, but it's like, I, I, I wouldn't have been bothered if they'd let him go. You know, right. I, I think I would have totally understood that. Um, and I, I, you know, and it's, you know, I, I 
I think, you know, for the most part, the staff is a really good judge of, you know, they, they know the guy better than I do. Right. I've only coached Bonut maybe a couple times since he's been hired. He got hired last, what was it, last April? It was kind of going into this, right. even right. after. Um, so, you know, not been around long. Um, obviously last year, I mean, I think that, you know, it doesn't, you know, justify what happened, but, you know, last year has been hard on everybody and, right. you know, it's with things kind of easing up a little bit, I could, you know, it's, I can see why you'd be excited to go out and maybe, you know, and maybe end up doing something you shouldn't have been doing. And, and, and so you, um, you know, I guess just hope you know, he learns from it and hope, um, that the, you know, this ain't a bad decision, you know, because, because the worst thing is if it happens again and, or right. something similar again, and, and then you just, you know, then you don't have any choice. Um, hopefully, you know, I, I feel like if, if he's kept, that means that there's a, uh, you know, some sort of value judgment made there that, that this was, that it was a better decision to keep him and try to, you know, maybe help him too, you know, right. if, 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 you know so. Right. Well, we'll just, we'll just have to see <clears throat> how that plays out, but it looks like right now that he's going to continue to be on the staff and they will handle that. Uh, issue internally, uh, Josh. We did. We didn't really. It's been a little bit since the draft, but we didn't. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about the draft. Obviously, the NFL draft uh, held back in April. Obviously, uh, for Kentucky, it was a very good draft. Uh, you had with six players taken, one in the first round, and Jamin Davis, who uh, went you know uh, middle of the first round went really high. Uh, then you had Kelvin Joseph, and then late uh, going the second round. Uh, when you were talking about the secondary, you had two guys from the secondary, and Kelvin Joseph and uh, uh, Brandon Eccles drafted. Uh, some uh, linemen on both sides of the ball drafted. Overall, I would say a really good draft for, if, from Kentucky's perspective. Oh, yeah, it couldn't have. I, mean, I think the only thing that you would have changed for sure would have been, you know, Drake. I think that was kind of – Yeah, that, that was, was a surprise. It, it was so funny reading stuff after um, – afterward. And, I mean, his name I, – I believe it was a – Yahoo article. Um, they, they spoke with uh, GMs or, or and coaches, and, and and he was the most named uh, offensive lineman that the people were surprised wasn't drafted. Yeah, we're talking about Drake Jackson, UK center. Yeah, he went undrafted, signed for, with a free agent contract with the Lions. Yes, right. And you um, obviously, hope, you know, I like Drake. He's a good, you know, been great. You know, <laughs> one of the players that I've known the longest i mean going back to when i first started covering high schools right. um 2015 and and struck up a, a little bit of relationship there and and was able to get to know him and obviously obviously watch him play uh for uk and and just uh yeah but the class as a whole you know the draft class as a whole is really i mean you you can't ask for anything more than what happened i mean it, it's you know kentucky's in the same when you're in the same breath as, uh, you know, Alabama and Ohio State, as far as like the, the number of recruits you're getting or the number of players that you're getting drafted by the pros, that only is a good thing, right? Like, right. It's, absolutely, it's, I mean, it's it's something that you can point to, and and it's something that they've now that's now two of the last three years where they've had a big you know swath of guys selected, and even you know in 2020 you only had two, but you know, one of those guys is, 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 you know, was a guy playing out of position who, who, you know, somehow turned himself into a higher draft pick just by not playing the position he was drafted to play. So it's, it's, okay. you know, I just think speaks a lot to, um, you know, the development that the staff's doing. And I think that they'll continue to do. There's a lot of guys 
you know, I think in this, uh, that'll be, you know, enter the 2022 draft and, you know, they should, you know, I would think that they have a chance to have as many, you know, guys drafted as they did this past draft in 2022. I think that's, you know, right. a very, a very strong core of, you know, development slash recruiting. I mean, it all adds up. It, it, it takes, you know, it came up a lot during the pre-draft interviews and, 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 and stuff. So, you know, the, I don't, you know, Hill and Edmund, the, the strength coaches, um, you know, it's clear that they know what they're doing because these guys, you know, some of them looked quite a bit different even compared to when we last saw them play. Right. Um, and, and, you know, you have a few months of working out and, you know, because it's, it's funny, your body can, can be good enough to play college football, but, you know, you still, you know, you still got to do certain things to be, you know, more attracted of NFL teams. And, and they clearly know what they're doing as far as being able to, do that for guys um and put them in spots to to where i think physically you know it's it's certainly not on the staff if a guy doesn't pan out physically (laughs) you know as an nfl prospect it's it's either on the kid he just doesn't have you know he just can't make it happen or he doesn't want to make it happen (laughs) because i I don't think there's you know i think there's clearly the physical component of this this thing is uk is really gotten itself to the point where that's not a question at all. And, and I think, mean, there, there's, you know, you can go back a decade and that might not have been the case. They just might not have been equipped to make that happen. Right. Um, at least not for every guy. Um, and that's certainly not the case anymore. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you talk about, I mean, uh, I think I've said on here before, uh, I'm a, a big fan of the draft. I listen to a lot of the podcasts, read all the kind of stuff, and people just went on and on about the way Jamin Davis looked at his pro day. I mean, I think they saw on tape uh, what he did, especially, you know, last year towards the end of the year, say, you know, this guy's a rising prospect. He can do a lot of different things. But then when they saw him on his pro day, what he looked like as a physical specimen and how he tested, I mean, that just, uh, I think it kind of enhanced his uh, you know, enhance this position. The other thing, talking about development, I mean, I did a podcast before the draft with Emory Hunt, who is a draft analyst uh, who I listened to on Ross Tucker's uh, draft podcast. He's also on CBS HQ and some ever, uh, some other uh, outlets. And he was talking about how, you know, when you Mark Stoops has developed a reputation with NFL scouts, is here's a guy that if we get a player for Kentucky, we know he's well coached. We know, as you mentioned about the strength and conditioning aspect, he's getting first rate help and coaching in that area. And his guys are doing, you know, well in the pros, the ones who have been drafted. And, uh, you know, that, that carries over. So when you, I think when you get into like a position, you know, in the later rounds, a guy like Quentin Bohanna, to taken by uh, Dallas in the later rounds. They think, you know, if he's up on the board with some other guys and they say, here's a guy that we like in Quinn Bohanna and he was coached by Mark Stoops in Kentucky. We know he's got, he got good coaching on the defensive side from Brad White and from uh, Matt House before that and from the defensive line coaches. And he's had an excellent, he's been in an excellent strength and conditioning program. And that might give, uh, you know, somebody like Quentin Bohanna or Landon Young or someone like that who went in the later rounds an edge over maybe a player from another program. So there's a carryover effect. And I think it's also one of the reasons why we're seeing, you know, so far they're doing really well in recruiting for 2022. And I'm not saying it's all because of the NFL draft, but I think it certainly kind of confirms when you're getting guys picked, um, 
you know, a bunch of guys picked in the draft. It confirms by uh, the NFL scouts that, hey, this program is, uh, is, is recruiting and developing good players. Yeah, well, it's, it's no different than, you know, when you're recruiting kids. Like when you're right. from the college level, if you're recruiting guys, if you recruit, you know, so you get, you know, you see, you get Joe Smith from, from a high school in Tennessee and he, you know, he, he, you, you, the coach talks him up and he turns out and he, he pans out and becomes a good prospect. Well, you're more likely to go back to that coach and right. say, Hey, you got somebody else, you know, like, like right. you, know, you start, cause that's, that's how this all happens. Like, you know, coaches lean on, you know, college coaches lean on high school coaches Absolutely. who, who, you know, to, to give them the first look, you know, right. Hey, you, cause, cause they're looking at guys. I mean, you know, two or three years before they actually offer them right. all these on these coaches, right? It's, it's, it's so funny. You know, I going back to the high school days again, like, you know, parents will complain like, Oh my, my kid's so underrated. My kid, you know, nobody, if your kid has any chance of playing, you know, and there are some exceptions. I'm not going to say every kid, you know, there are probably one or two kids out there, you know, every year that, you know, okay. Yeah. They're underrated. No one knows who they are, but generally, <laughs> If your kid has any chance of playing football at the, you know, in the SEC, they the the, <laughs> the coaches are aware. Yeah, <laughs> they at least know who he is. Right. Uh, that it's, doesn't mean they're talk to him, but they know. Right. Like, yeah, they do. They do a lot of work, spend a lot of money. You know, I think back to uh, Daniel Jones, the quarterback at Duke. I heard uh, David, who's now with the New York Giants, was kind of a surprise first round pick that he went so high. I heard a. Uh, thing where David Cutcliffe, the Duke coach, say that you know they didn't recruit Daniel Jones until they got a call, he got a call from Jones's high school coach, who Cutcliffe said he knew, and the coach said, you know, this guy, you know, I've got this quarterback, I think he could play for you, you know, he's not getting a whole lot of attention, I think he's deserving attention, you know, would you take a look at him? And Cutcliffe said, I knew the coach, I knew he developed good players, I knew he would shoot it to me straight, he wouldn't have called me and told me, you know, hey, asked me to take a look at this guy if he didn't think this kid could play. And, you know, you were talking earlier about Coach Klinkscale and the connections. You know, I think that happens, you know, quite a bit where, you know, if you're a recruiter for a college team, team and you build those connections with high school coaches and you know who to, who to trust and who's telling you the truth, hey, this kid can play for you instead of some coach who's just trying to push the kid when he knows the kid is really not that caliber player. So, uh so yeah, it, it, you're exactly right. It's the same with the NFL scouts in the college programs as it is with the college scouts in the high school programs. Yeah, and, and yeah, because they look at yeah, the, 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 they 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 know that Mark Stoops and, and his staff are are are, are developing quality guys, right. and you know, and if and if they start going to the league and and don't pan out, well, then maybe that ends. But right. you know, as long as you know, and it's isn't it, you're, you're never going to be you know all these. Pros, colleges, you know, every every level of football, no one no no one expects a hundred percent success yeah. rate. I mean, like, I mean, you're lucky if you get fifty. Right. I mean, right. kind of a, you know, that's why you, it's so funny looking back. I, I you know I look a lot in this time of year at the recruiting classes and past recruiting classes. It's amazing how many guys in every recruiting class just don't ever even play right for the. This and it's, and it's kind of sad. And you obviously, you over time, you want that you know percentage to improve. And in Kentucky, it has. Um, but it's you know you can even go to like an Alabama. I mean, there's guys who go to Alabama 
I ultimately never even end up seeing the field at Alabama, <laughs> like right. for whatever. Right. That's um, just part of it. You just, as you say, you just hope you hit a higher a high percentage because you're not going to hit 100 percent, but you hope you hit a you know high percentage. Um, okay, well, yeah, and and I was like you, I was surprised Drake wasn't picked. I know he's a little undersized, but he's such a good technician, such a smart kid. Uh, hopefully, he'll catch on with the Lions. Um, and, but I, w- I was surprised that he, and, you know, and he, and he played in the senior bowl. He ended up playing hurt in the senior bowl, but gutted it out, played through it. And, uh, I, I was, I was surprised that he wasn't picked, but you know, there's a lot of kids who don't get picked and you're never really sure exactly, you know, what the reason, uh, you know, is, is for that. Uh, right. thing with Drake, the biggest thing, the, the thing that probably hurt him as a draft prospect that we didn't talk about a lot. Leading up to the draft, but you know, in hindsight, makes sense. Is really center was kind of his only spot. Like there was never good point playing at another position. Um, Whereas, like a guy like Landon, I think they they look at you know he might not be a tackle in in the NFL. They they see him as a guy that probably maybe they could move uh, to the interior if they need to. So it's a you know if it stinks for Drake, you know because it's sort of like punter, right? You you only have one one punter on every NFL team for most teams. And, um, you, you know, you, you, a lot of teams will have, you know, you know, like a guard will be their backup center or something. So it's, right. it's, uh, um, you know, hopefully he catches on, but I think, yeah, in hindsight, that kind of, um, you know, he was very limited by just his lack of versatility, but I do think, I think he'll make up for it. I, I think he'll catch on. I just, it's, it just it seems he's too smart and too, yeah. you know, aware of what's going on to at least not get on a practice squad. Yeah. No, but no, that's a very good point because the NFL teams, they don't carry that many offensive linemen. So especially with their backup linemen, they want to be able to play multiple spots. Uh, You know, they don't want to carry just if they look at a guy and say, well, I don't know that he's going to be our starting center uh, coming out. uh, You know, they might need him. You know, we want somebody who's going to play, you know, all five positions or play interior line can also play a guard and I think you're right. That probably uh, that probably did hurt him, you know, in that aspect. Uh, okay, what what else, Josh? We do the schedule. Um, uh, anything about the schedule that uh, we we know now for sure? You know what the schedule is, and it looks like we're going to have fans. Uh, I guess we should talk about that. I mean, it looks like it looks like we're going to have a fairly normal. Uh, with the way we're doing with COVID and vaccinations. And I know Kentucky, I believe on June 11th, it's going to open up pretty much fully. Um, I mean, that's got to be a big help. It looks like they're going to have at least a more normal off season. And it looks like we're going to have fans at uh, at Kroger Field this fall. Yeah, it sure seems like, uh, you know, knock on wood, knock on this desk I'm standing beside of. The, 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 right. We're, we're trending towards a very – you know, you know, relatively, you know, regular <laughs> college football team. Right. Uh, and for Kentucky, <laughs> obviously, um, you know, every every school wants to have as many fans as they can there. But I think especially for Kentucky early on, um, it, it'll be very valuable because most of their home games are at the front of the schedule. <laughs> like you, yes. you know, when the weather's still nicer. Um, not that that you know, if you're good and, and you're you're playing well, you know it doesn't matter so much the weather in football. People are going to come out if it's ten degrees. If you're if you're if you're eight and three going into that final game or something, but um, right. it's a 
it's really you look at the schedule um and obviously you know, we're still several months out and you know and, and teams you know <laughs> rosters can change and you don't know obviously we don't know who the quarterback's going to be all that kind of stuff but you look at the schedule and really you know, i feel like it it sets up really nicely for kentucky in the sense of being able to get out to a start similar to what they did in 2018 <laughs> you know ahead of that citrus bowl appearance that that were you know you, you start with you know, two of your first three or your your guaranteed games so those should be wins yeah. um between yeah. those is, is a home game with missouri where you <laughs> i don't know to me it feels like every <laughs> um a lot of the decisions made in this offseason a lot of them kind of go you can go back to um what happened in the missouri game really yeah, like how just and obviously the timing of that with Schlarman and everything that was part of it, but you know, the offense and, and it was so just inept right. in a game that you know Missouri's not they're not Georgia, they're not Florida. They're it's a team that you know you'd beaten many years in a row and and really had you know it could have done anything offensively. Probably would have you know won by a score or two last year. Um, definitely should have been way more in that game than you, you, it felt like you ever were. And so you, you get them back, you have Carolina on the road, your first road game, you know, after, you know, possibly a three, and zero start, uh, Carolina's new coach. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and, you know, that, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll play and you can't just like look at that as a guaranteed win, but that's a, game you definitely you know, if you're kentucky you should feel like you're going to win uh, and then you're four and oh going to a home game with florida who you've you know obviously last year was a little you know kind of got out of hand but even last year that you know as, as as again as as limited as the offense was you were in that game for a, for quite a bit of time um so if, if if things are clicking and and that's the thing the other thing it get you know this it sets up nicely not just as a you know, a, a possible big string of wins to start the year. But also, I think the opponents, you know, you get a good mix. I mean, Missouri's probably the strongest of the four there uh, to start. You get a good you, – you'll get a good sense of how well your guys are learning the offense. Right. Um, right. You know, then from there, you hit a, you know, a string of games, you know, Florida, LSU, Georgia, that were really <laughs> – Tough games, three weeks in a row. Yeah, and those, and, I, and it's it's you know two home games and a road game at Georgia, and, and that's your that's really how your season will be remembered, you know, because because mm-hmm. you either you know you either stink it up in all three of those games or you you win them all. I mean, winning them all seems that's just that's that's a dream, but you but you you know <laughs> you how you show up in those games will determine the course of your season because from there you've got. Um, the rest of your schedule is games that um, are either coin flips or um, you know games you should win. And then I think you 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 know if you get through that stretch and you know if you can come out of your first your first seven with just you know I, I think two losses you, you you should feel really great about where your season can go um, and then maybe kind of put yourself in that. New Year's bowl game conversation again. Um, you know, I think any any of those teams, Florida, LSU, Georgia, if you can beat any just any one of those teams, you, you you've got another 
really special season possibly on your hands and and obviously if you win multiples <laughs> then you're then you're talking um something pretty yeah, I mean, if you look at the schedule, you're right. I mean, it, it kind of divides up into three sections. You've got those first four games that you mentioned. They open with Louisiana Monroe at home. Then they have Missouri at home, Tennessee Chattanooga at home. Then they go to South Carolina. It's your first four games in September. Then you hit that October juggernaut there of Florida, LSU at home uh, on back-to-back weeks. Then you go to Georgia. Uh, so you're playing three really tough teams. It would be interesting to see how LSU is. I mean, obviously, they took a step back last year. Uh, made some changes in their staff, but you know that they've got a ton of talent. They recruit too well not to have a ton of talent. But then when well, even, go ahead. I think you, I think, I, even Florida too. I think it's I think it's valuable that that game's at home. Yeah, Florida and, and breaking in a new quarterback. QB a new. You know they won't have Kyle Pitts, <laughs> which Correct. I don't right. think can <laughs> underestimate the 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 exit of Kyle Pitts. Right, um, number four player taken in the draft. Yep. So. And then you got the last stretch, like you mentioned, you got there's five games there where you go to Mississippi State, you come home for Tennessee, you go to Vanderbilt, and then you got New Mexico State and at Louisville. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it sets up, uh, I mean, all those games, as you mentioned, if Kentucky's not favored in those games, it be just a coin flip. Uh, they go to Mississippi State, which, you know, that'll be an interesting game. It'll be interesting to see how Mike Leach does in his second year there in Starkville. Uh, not to say that Kentucky's going to win all five of those games, but you would think they'd have a shot to win in every one of those games. Uh, so, yeah, it does. It's it's an interesting setup to the way this, the season goes. And you know, we've got as you mentioned, we got a long time between now and then. We won't know who Kentucky's quarterback is going to be. There's several other questions that'll need to be answered over the summer and leading into the fall. Uh, but it is interesting how it does kind of break into three separate, three different pieces there. Yeah, it's fun, especially that last stretch because I think you know, I think you know, there'll be so much excitement and and if the offense is even if it's if it's fig, you know, still kind of figuring things out, I think you um, that first part of the schedule is set. I mean, honestly, the, the Missouri game, you know, I, that middle stretch is is obviously you know where you're kind of making your um, a name for yourself possibly, but that Missouri game might be the most important game of the year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you can certainly make a case for that. Yeah. Because if you lose that game, um, you feel like you're going to have to play catch up the rest of the way, right? And if you and if you win, then you're 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 one and zero in the SEC right. uh, to win into the season, and you've got, um, you know, you've got some really, uh, you know, you retake that momentum in that series, and and just you know, and, and kind of especially because they're a good defensive team too. They've proven to be a pretty good defensive team. Uh, the last few years, and, and if you can, you know, it, it's that'll be. I mean, whatever they do against Louisiana Monroe will be kind of. You know, just have to look at it um, somewhat skeptically, just because that program. I and mean, well, I don't, I don't think they've won a game in like two years, and and I mean, it's just it's well, around the schedule. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, you know, it, it is what it is with them, but but you, you know, if you can go out against Missouri and, you know, hang 30 on them or, or well, by Kentucky standards lately, put 20 on them, um, you, you'd be, you'd feel, you know, pretty good, you know, kind of just seeing what the offense looks like against Missouri. Um, well, it'll be fun to see how that all shakes out. Yeah. And unlike last year, you get a game like a Louisiana Monroe game where you can, where you can, especially, I think it's like you mentioned, it's really important with the new offensive coordinator and players that are learning a new offense. You get that game to kind of break it in, kind of a test game to see how things go before you play an SEC game, probably in this 
if Mark Stoops had his druthers, he'd like a couple of those games before he plays his first SEC game. On the other hand, uh, Missouri will only have had one game to see Liam Cohen's offense before they play in that second game. So, uh, you know, there's pros and cons, uh, pros and cons to it all. Um uh, we probably need to wrap this up. Anything else before we go here? Uh, we're going to do plenty. By, by the way, we're going to do plenty more of these uh, over the summer. We're going to try to do maybe weekly. We'll see. We'll uh, tackle a lot of different topics. We might even break it down in positions as we do uh, each one to kind of talk about the positions, who they have who they have coming back, what are the question marks. Uh, we'll do plenty of those. Uh, any Anything else we should mention, though, before we go here, Josh? No, I mean, no, I like that, you know, idea of going into the off season here and like off season. I don't know. Has there been an off season? No, there is no like such it. thing. Not in Kentucky <laughs> sports. There's always something going on. That's for sure. Well, I, you have anything, anything you want to plug or you're working on? No, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm sort of, uh, in standby as far as writing in some right. ways, just kind of, you know, I don't, we, we, we had some recent, uh, staff turnover. So I'm kind of plugging in some holes and then right. having some in that and, and, you know, stepping away from football every now and then to do some other stuff. And yeah. I think, uh, well, yeah, I know. I guess the, the big thing, though, is it's nice that people, you know, because there was a time where, you know, once the, the final game was over for football, it was like, you know, for the most part, people checked out till August. Um, it is kind of fun that, that, you know, it's become more like the basketball program in a sense of, like, you do kind of have to constantly oh, yeah. be kind of aware of what's going on. Right. Um, right. And not every like that i mean not everybody's like that with basketball some people just want to watch the games and right. and talk about the games and that's fine too but you know for the people that you know for the people for the football diehards who've, who've been you know who've been on this train for a long time i think they're finally starting to uh get reap some benefit as far as like having plenty to discuss uh, in the off season uh, that matters i mean because there's yeah. always things about but i think now it a lot of it matters more than it used to. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of interest in what's going on with the football program and a lot of excitement and enthusiasm going into this season, especially with the new offense to see. Uh, I think everybody's very anxious to see how uh, Liam Cohen's offense does. And, uh, you know, and obviously quarterback is that number one position, and we'll talk about that. We may talk about that on our, our next podcast. But, Josh, thanks, as always, for being on this podcast. Be sure to follow Josh on Twitter at JoshMoreHL. Check out all of his work on Kentucky.com. And, as always, thanks again, Josh. It's always fun, John. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Josh Moore of the Arrow Leader in Kentucky.com. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Moore HL. Uh, follow him on read all his work on Kentucky.com and in the Lexington Herald Leader in the print edition. Uh, I want to remind you, you can get a digital subscription to Kentucky.com, a sports only digital subscription, the Sports Pass subscription. It's $30 for the first year. You get all of our UK football, UK basketball, UK recruiting, all of our high school coverage. You get uh, all of our columns. $30 for the first year for the Sports Pass subscription. Follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Go to the top of my Twitter feed. The pinned tweet tells you all about the Sports Pass subscription. Click on that. They'll take you to all the information. Or just go to Kentucky.com, hit on the subscription tab, and check out all of our offers for digital subscriptions or print subscription to the Lexanero Leader and Kentucky.com. I want to thank everybody who listens to the podcast as well. Um, you can find these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. 
review on any of those sites. That really helps uh, get the word out for the podcast. Like I said, follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV or drop me an email, jclay at herald leader.com. Again, we appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. Always appreciate Josh being on the podcast. Thanks again for listening.